COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. We have breaking news on a corona scare. The panic buying. Self-isolating on a statewide level. Our goal is to protect the lives and livelihoods of Australians. It's Monday, 30th of March. Welcome to Coronavirus Watch. Natalie Bongiolo and Ben O'Shea joining you for an update on COVID-19 and its impact right here in WA and across the country. And Ben, you're going to kick us off by just giving us um, the latest update on the stats in Western Australia for a start. Yes, Nat, the state government has announced there are now 355 confirmed cases in the state, of which 17 today are West Aussies, and the remainder, 27, have been passengers taken ashore from the Artania. Uh, And of the 355 confirmed cases here, we have 41 people who have recovered, and of course, two people have died. Yeah. And so how many cases is that altogether in the last 24 hours? Uh, So it is uh, 44 cases, uh, of which only 17 are actually West Australians. Uh, So you can see why uh, Premier McGowan is really quite upset about the cruise ship situation at the moment, uh, because that has inflated our our cases. And nationally, uh, we're looking at, as of uh, 3pm this afternoon, there have been 4,245 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Australia, uh, and that's an increase of 279 since 3pm yesterday. Uh, And of those 4,245 cases... 18 have died uh, and it's more than 226,000 tests have been conducted across Australia to date. And then we've got the international numbers which I think are now pushing up to 700,000. Yes, 722,000 is the latest number of infections that we've seen worldwide, uh, which is a remarkable increase, really. And of those cases, the US has the worst of it. Uh, They have 142 cases, uh, 142,000 cases currently. Uh, Italy is second with nearly 98,000. China third with 82,000. But Spain is quickly catching up to China and currently has more than 80,000 cases. Uh, Italy still has the highest death toll of any country with uh, more than 10,000 deaths. Spain uh, is currently second with 6,800 deaths uh, and more than 2,500 people have died in the US. And so across the board, the deaths across the world are around the the 35,000 mark? Yeah, that's correct. Um, Well, and it was interesting, the Premier uh, said today that of the cases in Western Australia right now, that 84% of them are directly linked to travel, and whether that be a cruise, interstate travellers and overseas travellers. So this has um, been a huge problem for Western Australia. And, uh, you know, we've, we've heard him say that for WA, the cruise industry has been our Achilles heel. So just um, let's talk about the ships that are off the coast right now and exactly what has happened with those. Yeah, so the Artania is the one that we've been speaking about the most recently in the news. Uh, had a number of confirmed COVID-19 cases uh, and 844 passengers from that vessel uh, have been flown out of Australia now uh, and uh, 27 have been taken to the Joondalup Health Campus for treatment. Uh, and then you've got the Vasco da Gama. Uh, there are 98 uh, passengers on board that boat who are now back in New Zealand uh, and 200 who are from Western Australia uh, arrived in Rottnest today to complete their 14-day self-isolation over on Rotto. Uh, and the rest of the Australian passengers, uh, they have been taken to the Duxton Hotel where they will uh, sit out their self-isolation. And the Premier was um, quite cross with some people who uh, have been uh, complaining about their hotel conditions and things like that and really giving them a serve. 
Oh, absolutely. I think he's he's really quite upset with people who flew to Bali in the last week or so, despite all the advisories against doing that. Uh, and I, I, he's looking at how they can actually uh, make these people make these people pay for their accommodation. All right, let's have a listen to what he said. We're working through whether or not we can make the people pay. So obviously in some cases it's not really fair because some of the, for instance, the Vasco da Gama people have been at sea for some time and all this has arisen, you know, quite rapidly. For people who raced off to Bali a week ago and are now coming home, uh, I'm pretty angry with them. Pretty angry with them for doing that. And uh, if we can make them pay, we will. Well, I'm not sure how he would make them pay, but he's pretty cross. Yeah, well, you would be. And I think it probably reflects the mood of most Western Australians, I think, if when they consider all of the restrictions and guidelines that we've been living under for the past few weeks. And there are people who really flagrantly disregarded everybody's safety, including their own, and have taken a holiday to Bali uh, just before uh, any of the more harsh restrictions were in place. Yeah. Well, on the back of the Prime Minister's most recent press conference, the Premier today laid out a whole heap of new ground rules for all of us here in Western Australia, um, starting with, you know, hard borders, hard border closures. Yeah, so now they're going to introduce stage three restrictions in response to this pandemic, and it really uh, is going to make uh, the restrictions much tighter on all of us. The hard border closure uh, will see uh, really the end of interstate FIFO work. Uh, those people will not be coming to uh, Western Australian mine sites anymore, uh, and that, that'll be a huge difference to the resource sector. They're still working out how they will navigate those changes uh, with their existing workforce. Uh, but we're also seeing uh, playgrounds, skate parks, and outdoor or gym equipment uh, closed. So uh, that's just part of some of the measures that they're taking to try and flatten the curve and keep uh, the positive progress that we've made in the past couple of days of reducing the number of new cases on a daily basis. And the police uh, will have uh, new powers and a few new toys. That's right. I mean, you know, it's not just a matter that the skate park is closed. They will have strong powers to enforce these closures and they will be looking at doing it in very interesting ways. And, And this is the introduction of drones. Yeah, well, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison talked about uh, uh, social gatherings will be limited to two people and obviously we all know about social distancing now, but the police will be out in force uh, in Perth. There's uh, 200 enforcement officers who will be out on the streets and they've been supplied with drones uh, that uh, can uh, broadcast uh, audio messages up to a kilometre in the distance uh, and they'll be helping the police officers, first and foremost, stay away from the public, keep them safe, uh, as well as being able to cover much more ground and spot people who aren't sticking to the rules, people who aren't social distancing, gatherings of more than two people. These drones will catch people out. Uh, and then there are fines of up to $1,000 on the spot if you're caught doing the wrong thing. And for businesses who are flouting the guidelines, uh, you're talking about a $5,000 on the spot fine. I mean, this is just them taking that next step to make sure that absolutely anybody who can self-isolate is self-isolating. There are, of course, some exemptions. Uh, yeah, so there are people uh, who have uh, who work I- in the uh, f- food industries, food supply industries, obviously health workers, uh, and there'll be other exemptions. Uh, and uh, people should go to the government website to see what those exemptions are. Yeah. So basically, these rules come into effect from midnight tonight. That means that as of midnight tonight, only two people can be outdoors together, not including your immediate family members. The people who can still be going outdoors are if you're in those essential services or if you are doing essential things, that is shopping for food, 
Mm-hmm. You have a medical requirement exercising, of course, only with two of you, and if you are someone who still has to go to work or to study. Yeah, I think people have to, uh, people have to use their common sense, uh, and I think the police will use some uh, discretion as to how they uh, enforce these rules, but I think it's a sign that we haven't been doing enough to stick to the guidelines that have been put in place, and the government is really worried that we could see a dramatic spike in the number of confirmed cases unless we take these drastic measures now. Yeah. You mentioned the FIFO industry. Uh, there was some good news for workers and um, job seekers today. So what has the federal government announced? Yes, ScoMo has announced a $130 billion uh, package uh, called the, the, and the keystone of that is the JobKeeper payments. Uh, And so these will be paid to employers to pass on to employees, basically to keep these employees on the books rather than uh, having to let them go and having them disappear out of their workforces. Uh, And these uh, employees will be eligible for a $1,500 payment per fortnight, uh, regardless of how much they were earning uh, before they were laid off. So for some people, that could be a pay rise. Uh, for many people, it could be a pay cut. But still, uh, 1500 a fortnight is is not bad at all, and it certainly eases the pain for a lot of people. Uh, and it's going to be uh, rolled out in May and backdated from March. And in terms of uh, people who are going into Centrelink and, and wanting Centrelink payments, there's also been some changes to the thresholds which will allow you to get a payment where previously you couldn't have. Yeah, previously, if your partner earned $49,000, you weren't eligible to receive the Centrelink payments. That threshold has now been lifted to $79,000, which you might think might not sound like that much, but that will mean 400,000 additional Australians who are out of work right now will be eligible for Centrelink payments. Yeah, and there was a little bit of um, economic um, benefits announced by the McGowan government as well today, and I thought one of those that was interesting was $59 million for those not for profit organisations that are out there helping community um, members who otherwise would be destitute without them. Yeah, that's a vital one because a lot of those not-for-profits are really struggling at the moment because uh, in times of crisis, I guess people are are thinking about themselves more so than thinking about others. So funding and donations to those charities has really dried up. So I know that money will be very well received by WA not-for-profits. And the state government is also uh, going to uh, let businesses that are tenants in government properties, like, for example, Yagan Square, uh, get some some, uh, lease relief. So that's basically uh, the crux of the major announcements that were impacting Western Australia today. A little bit of news um, from around the world and and we've seen, uh, I guess, a a bit of backpedalling from Trump. Yeah, he's been quite vocal uh, in his rhetoric in the last couple of days uh, about what uh, some of the restrictions and uh, COVID-19 guidelines have been doing to the economy in America. And he was very vocal about saying that everything will be back on by Easter, uh, which uh, upset a lot of governors in America. It's upset uh, the medical professionals in America because they didn't ever see that as being a realistic timeline. Uh, And it's very interesting today that we saw Donald Trump uh, say that now it's probably more likely that it'll be the end of April and the Easter timeline is, is out of the question. Yeah. And then in a small little country called Belarus, they are still playing football. This is extraordinary. 
Yeah, well, look, the, the, the Belarusians do things their own way, it's fair to say. Uh, and so on Saturday, they played six games. It's probably the only place in the world where they're still playing sport. Uh, they played six games to a crowd of 3,000 3, people. Uh, and uh, But this is the country where the president, Alexander Lukashenko, like he thinks you just drink vodka. That's all you need to do to keep yourself safe from the coronavirus. So uh, I, I would hate to think what's going to happen in a couple of weeks uh, if they are so lax with their approach to this pandemic. Uh, it's not hard to see how there could be an explosion uh, in Belarus of confirmed cases the way there has been across Europe. Uh, and I think you know, decisions like this will probably, in hindsight, look pretty terrible. Yeah, I guess because they're, they're slow with the virus at the moment, there's only 100 cases or so in the country. They have a population of 9.5 million people. They've had no deaths from the virus yet. But when you're getting 3,000 people to a footy match, um, that curve that we've seen could all of a sudden really hit home for them. Yeah, well, unfortunately, so many countries have found out the hard way what happens if you don't act quickly and act decisively to introduce really strict measures against social gathering. Uh, I think in Australia... We probably could have moved a little bit faster, but certainly things have picked up in the last week or so. Uh, and as a result, we're starting to see a reduction in the number of new cases per day. Uh, and that's really positive. And it gives, it gives a lot of hope that uh, we might be starting to make some forward progress against this disease. And the light could be at the end of the tunnel a little bit sooner than we thought. Yeah, here in WA, follow the rules, stay at home, don't go out if you don't have to, follow all the rules of hygiene, wash your hands, don't rely on vodka. We don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> we can wash your hands in it. That might, that might be the best thing to do with it. Uh, and look out for the drones. And look out for the drones. Well, that's it from Ben and myself for Monday the 30th of March. Join us tomorrow for Coronavirus Watch.